Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. This week's special episode of Stay Grounded. I'm going to explain why in just a sec. But because you're all having an amazing week so far, I hope the podcast has just been rocking your world the last few uh, weeks. We've had some incredible guests on, and I'm just excited to keep the train going. But today's special interview is actually not a guest on the show. It's actually not someone coming on and sharing all of their wisdom and profound knowledge and experiences around how to stay grounded in life. It's actually me getting interviewed on someone else's show. So recently, I was on the Mindful Impact podcast with Justin Francisco. And after we finished recording the interview, I was really kind of just impressed with how well he had conducted the interview and how great the questions were and how much wisdom he was able to pull out of me. And so I thought it'd be fun to turn the tables and allow you guys to hear me getting interviewed on the show. As Since we've started, I really haven't done a lot of solo episodes or I haven't really done a lot of episodes where I've really dove into how I got started or what my background is or what my story is or how Stay Grounded came to be. And so I thought this would be a really fun episode for all of you to, one, get to know me a little bit better, to go down the rabbit hole with my personal beliefs, my personal insights, my personal takeaways and experiences, and how you can leverage all of that to create more meaning and fulfillment in your lives. And also, just get to know Stay Grounded better, get to know the story better, get to know how we came to be and all of the beauty that is now inspiring thousands of people all over the globe. And this is all thanks to you guys, really. I haven't spent any money on marketing. I really haven't put it out in a big way. And all the the, the listeners and all the messages and all of the word getting out has been because of passionate listeners like you who just tune in each week and share the word. And I'm so grateful for that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for making this show what it is. And I'm just excited for you guys to now peel the curtain back on my life and get to know me a little bit better. So let me know your biggest takeaways, especially since this is me sharing my experiences and my stories and and my um, personal philosophies for living. So if anything resonated with you, tag me on social media, send me a message, send me an email. I want to hear from you. And if you enjoy me getting interviewed on the show, let me know as well. And I can definitely arrange for more Raj in the hot seat style interviews uh, coming up. So anyways, hope you guys enjoy this. If you haven't already subscribed to us on iTunes, all that means is it doesn't matter if I release a new guest episode or if, if I'm bringing myself back as as a as an interviewee or really any of the amazing crazy things that we can do in this world all subscribing means is that you're going to get the podcast delivered straight to your device of choice um, so that you'll never miss another episode with us again so anyways let me know your thoughts i hope you guys enjoy this one but without further ado here is me on my own podcast enjoy This is Raj Jana from 
the Stay Grounded podcast. He is the founder of Java Press Coffee Company. He's a public speaker. He's been featured on Inc., Forbes, Entrepreneur, and much more. Raj, first off, thank you again for coming on this podcast today. The first question I ask every single one of my guests, and this, I'm really interested to hear what you have to say, is what makes your heart sing? Like truly, what makes you happy? What makes your heart sing out loud? Mm, I felt that question. Doing things I love with people I love. You know, I've been on a pretty interesting creative journey as of recent. I'm an entrepreneur background, or I used to be an engineer, then turned an entrepreneur. And I feel like every step of the way, I've been discovering a new identity about myself. And that identity has created a new way of living and creating and interacting with people. And so it's been a wonderful journey of, you know, bringing things to life that didn't exist, whether it's a business or a podcast or a course or something beautiful, but then being able to share that with people I love, whether it's the people I want to impact or my family or my friends. And I think what makes my heart sing right now, if I am just being present in this moment, is just being able to share my gifts, my creations, and the things that um, light me up with people that I want to help with my team, with my family, and kind of really staying grounded and rooted in who I am and and who I aspire to be. And I think living in that way makes my heart sing very, very, very loud. (laughs) That's awesome. That was, that's beautiful. Honestly, that was, that was, I love hearing that, especially coming from somebody, you know, I'm not an old, I'm 35 years old, but you're, you're definitely younger than I am, right? I'm 28. 28. Yeah. So right in that millennial, I'm like on the cusp, you're right in there. So to hear that somebody doing what like really they're passionate about instead of chasing money and chasing, like trying to become famous or whatever, you can totally tell you mean exactly what you're saying in that statement. And I love that. So I want my audience to know a little bit more about Raj before we get into some more mindfulness stuff and a couple other questions I have for you. What is like the five minute story of Raj from where he was, where he started a little bit about him and then how you got to like, to just impacting lives with your podcast, everything else to where you are today? Sure. So I started off, used to be a petroleum engineer, graduated from college, got a really high paying job right out of school, realized I didn't want to be that or I didn't want to be in a cubicle job. And so I started buying courses on entrepreneurship, reading books, teaching myself how to be an entrepreneur, Uh, started my first company, Java Press in that journey. And I started launching products online and creating products and really loving it and and kind of enjoying it. And then three months after I launched our first products and the company, I had a mentor who worked 37 years at the same company, die of a heart attack three months before retirement. And uh, I think that experience really lit a fire under me to not create that life for myself. I think that's really where the initial fire came. I was just so terrified of that being my reality and the reality for everyone I loved in my life. And so I wanted to be a shining example that you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can escape a life you didn't, that you were born in. You can do something more if you wanted. And entrepreneurship became my vehicle. So then less than a year later, we broke our first million at the coffee company. And I was still working full time, but I was working way too hard, really long hours. And I didn't really know why I was working so hard until a really important mentor of mine told me to slow down and sort of reflect and kind of really start building self-awareness. And that was really first time I'd ever kind of slowed down and look at my life and reflect and see, you know, all the things I was doing, why I was working so hard, what was important to me, who did I want to be, 
Who do I want to help? Really asking myself better questions. And in that journey, I realized how big of an impact my mentor had on my life and, um, and how that message was so important for me to share and how, you know, I didn't want anyone in my life to experience that pain. Usually you find your mess becomes your message. That's the best way it's been explained to me. Like, you know, when your pain, the suffering, the things that you experience end up becoming a gateway to helping other people not have to do that. And so anyway, so that's long story short. Um, that's when, you know, stay grounded. You actually started off as a tagline at my coffee company, you know, stay grounded the moment you love, like get it, like, you know, pun intended. Yeah. Grounded Um, and ground coffee. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Totally. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, So it was was a great like pun and that turned into a lifestyle message. And then later in 2017, I launched the podcast and then that took a life of its own. and, And then, you know, started speaking more, started, you know, just creating more business, but at the true core, I'm still an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, I still start businesses. I still build teams. I'm still nice. uh, using business as a vehicle to spread empowering messages. And to me, uh, yeah, it's been an interesting journey, but I'm here now. <laughs> I love it. It's just, it's the the process of it. And, and I've been listening to what you said. Uh, you mentioned twice that you realized something. And I wanted to come back to that because I think there's so many moments in our lives where there's an opportunity for us to stop, think, and reflect yeah. and decide and make a decision what we want to do about it. And you were talking about your mentor passing, which first off, I know it was a while ago, but I'm sorry that happened. However, there sounds like something that was good that really came out of that from you. You noticed that you didn't want to go down that path of working so hard and then retiring. And then who knows if you're going to even make it to retirement. Whereas some of us might've just pushed that to the side, been sad, upset, and then moved on with our lives. You actually had like a mindfulness moment, right? And decided to make a change in your life and decided to go on a different path. So I really wanted to point that out. I, I love that. And and then you said it again later on. So how do you, does this come natural to you? Or are there techniques that you've developed to, you know, to be like aware? And when I first asked you the question about what makes your heart sing, you closed your eyes, you took a deep breath. What are you doing to get yourself in those moments like that? Beautiful question. I would say that in the beginning, and I'm, I'm a very spiritual individual, and I do, I, more than religious, I'm extremely spiritual. And I believe that there's a higher power, whether you believe in God, whether you believe in the universe, whether you believe in whatever ether that's floating around. Totally. I believe that there's something out there that's just a hell of a lot smarter than we are. The universe came before us and it'll be there after us. It was creating whether we were in it or not. So the idea that we know everything that's right for us in every single moment is ludicrous. Like it can't be, right? The world is much bigger. So if you prescribe to that belief, one thing that came very early on for me was the fact that the more I tried to put my stake in the ground, the more I tried to you know create my moments, the more I had that mindset, the louder the signs got where you know mm-hmm. there might have been a clue or something, a moment for me to reflect on that I would have just passed by and said, oh, nope, not for me today or not for me today. Nope, I'm stuck on this. But to me, my mentor passing was a loud enough bang on like a drum bank from the universe or whatever, just telling me, look, pay attention. I think we all have moments like that. Because uh, I mean, I worked full time. There were many people that knew Jerry. I was the one that took that as a message to create what I wanted to create. So I think that having a habit of sort of really slowing down and pausing and listening to yourself is really important. Intuition is really what you're building. 
that taking a deep breath and kind of knowing what to say, taking a deep breath, or even taking a moment to just check in with how you feel about what just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I think our bodies are massive mounds. Like there's an encyclopedia inside of us that we don't even access. If you really think about our brains, 3% of our brains is our conscious processing power. The rest is all subconscious, right? So our subconscious bodies have so much information that's constantly being gathered and processed. When we take a moment to just slow down and check in with our feelings, how do we feel about what just happened, right? And that's a practice you can do every single day, whether it's when you start, like, how do I feel about something in my life? Usually that comes in the form of gratitude for me. So every single morning, I'll start with just writing down a massive list of things I'm grateful for, or one thing I'm really grateful for and why. And I'll really extrapolate on that because that forces me to, again, slow down and really feel what I'm grateful for. And then, you know, as something happens throughout the day, I'm always focusing on kind of checking in with how I feel. And I think that's something that came over time after infusing a practice of reflection into my life. And reflection was definitely routine. I mean, I would do it in the morning and in the evenings. I would do it weekly, really see kind of, did I work on the right things? Where did I fall off? What made me fall off? And starting to really pay attention to those things in my life. And I think when you start to get into the moment, so there's two prompts. You pay attention. That's one point, yep. right? And you can build in a habit of paying attention, but not just to the things happening around you, what's happening inside of you. If someone triggers you or if someone cuts you off on the road and you get angry, that's usually a reflection of something that's happening inside of you than it is of the other person, right? Because right. that same event happened to tens of people and something happened to you. So when you take that as a moment and as an opportunity to just check in, you start to build the muscle of checking in. And then the second one is acting on whatever you feel, right? Most of us are on autopilot in many ways. You know, I don't know how many times individuals even go to restaurants now just based on intuition, right? Like they're looking up reviews, they're reading the things. What's the best thing to order on the menu? I mean, when's the last time? I mean, I'll ask you, man, like when's the last time you went to a restaurant? Raj, I, got, I, was just, I wanted to interrupt you there because just yesterday I was trying to figure out where to go with my videographer for lunch. And it took me like 20 minutes to figure it out based on reviews and pictures and everything else. And I was like, what am I? I literally did that. I go, what am I doing? So I texted him and I go, you know what? I just, this, uh, honest to God, I can pull up the text right now. That's awesome. I texted him and I said, you know what? I've been looking for something for 20 minutes now. I'm totally like beyond myself why I've been spending this time doing this. So now we're just going to have our meeting on the phone. <laughs> it's amazing, right? Like, I mean, we spend so much time. <laughs> looking for someone else to give us the answers when there's a voice inside of us that tells us exactly what we wanted in the first place. Hundred right? It was usually made in a second too. It's like, what do I want to eat today? Oh, I want a burger. Like it's usually made in a second. And then the mind comes into play and it starts justifying things and rationalizing things. And oh, I got to find the best thing. And right. So to me, it's two pronged one building a healthy habit of reflection, but then also just indulging that voice and that gut. And just take an action. It can be as small as just saying, I'm going to go to this today. Or I feel like writing this down right now. Or I feel like just sitting, right? It's just indulging that inner voice. And I think over time, when you do that long enough, the voice doesn't get much louder, but your ears get a lot better at hearing it. I think that's been my process and my experience, at least. Yeah. Do you, I mean, based on your experience, do you, know why, do you know why our brains, we have that intuition, right? That gut feeling. And then our brains just start making up reasons and deciding things. Why not? Or what could be in the way or why we shouldn't do something. Do you know why that happens to us? Oh, dude, safety. 
our brains don't want us to thrive. They want us to survive. And survival is based on patterns that have been experienced in the past, right? So right. our natural tendency with all this information is to make the best decision based on all of the information at our disposal. So we don't make a wrong decision that then leads us to dying. Like it really is that primitive. Our brains are so simple. Everything, even beliefs, right? Like beliefs on anything from worthiness to comparison to I'm not good at all these things are like, actually, let me give you an example. So yeah. uh, the best example that was ever shown me was actually uh, by a woman on my podcast named Adam Aris Mendoza. She had this brilliant insight on, on our episode together where she talked about an, a woman who's been in an abusive relationship, right? Okay. This woman who is constantly, she keeps dating people that are hurting her. She keeps repeating the same pattern over and over and over again, and she didn't know why. And when you get down to the core of it, the reason why she continues creating the same patterns over and over and over again is because dating someone crappy and coming out on the other side, that's something she survived before. It's not new, right? Like she's sure. gone through the crappy relationship. She knows how to be in a crappy relationship. To her, being in a, in a really good, beautiful, heart-filled relationship is actually 10 times more risky to your subconscious mind, right? Than yeah. it is to just keep repeating the same thing that's always worked because you didn't die yet. You're still alive. And so we have these subconscious patterns that just keep creating things, right? And our yeah. minds are built to justify those patterns in our heads. Yeah. So until you start to align yourself, right, with what you consciously want, until you start to really align your subconscious beliefs with what you consciously want, it's always going to be really hard to just trust your gut and instincts because you uh, have an element of doubt that says this can't be right. That's great. Because right? So let's say you want to change your life. Like I want to get in really great shape. Well, if you're, there's a reason why you haven't gotten shape in the first place and you're yeah. not exploring that. Your mind is always going to fall into the excuses. Oh, it's too hot outside. Oh, I'll do it later. Oh, like it's a lot easier to fall into those patterns because you're not really dealing with the root cause right. and the root emotions of what's keeping you where you are in the first place. And that's 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 held in your subconscious. So that's just it's just complete. It kind of when you're saying that it reminds me of it reminds me of a lot of people that I've talked to or even myself back in the day. Whereas if you people that like grow up middle class or poor they had that subconscious that they don't deserve to be a millionaire, right? They don't deserve to be, have lots of money in their account, right? So they, it's really hard for them to break free of that and to do that, no matter what they're going after, whether it's a, a stay grounded or, or whatever it is, until they break free of that subconscious belief that they're always not, they're, they're not allowed or they're not able to have that, then they're never going to get it, right? Or it's well, going to be a lot more thing. difficult. I mean, human beings act on what they believe to be true. Okay. 100%. Right? If you believe you're a giraffe, you're going to act like a giraffe. <laughs> if you believe you are an athlete, you're going to do the things that an athlete does. If you believe, and that's why your beliefs are so important, right? Your mindset. We always talk about mindset, mindset, mindset. It's sure. to me it's mindset is really the process of taking beliefs that don't serve and replacing them with ones that do. Right? You can do that through brainwashing by just constantly using affirmations and visualization and things to really sort of rewire your brain. But at the core yeah. root of it, that's what we want, right? Like, because if you believe to be somebody who is deserving of success, what are the actions you're going to take as a result of that, right? Right. You're going you're gonna to act, like, act like you're already a success or have success or you're on your way to success if you constantly believe that and see that and vision it and all that. Yeah. 
you're going to act like, right? If you believe yeah. you're an athlete, how are you going to act versus if you don't believe you're an athlete, right? Like the beliefs are what really drive the change yeah. because action is hard. Like taking action against something you're so used to doing is, it's, it's hard. It's hard to make change in your life. And that's because your actions have been rooted with who you believe to be. Mm-hmm. So if you want something new in your life, you have to replace the beliefs with new ones. And that starts the journey then, because if you believe you're somebody who takes massive action, guess what? You're going to be, you're, you're going to create a lifestyle and an environment and put yourself in containers and meet other people and attract all of the speed that comes with believing that thing about yourself. Yeah. So how do you do, how do you put yourself in that mindset? Is that through, like you said, through mantras, through. Well, uh, there's a few, I mean, so I'm a, big fan of kind of taking a two-pronged approach. In the beginning, what I did was constantly just sort of listen and surround myself with people that thought that way. That's right. Like I I wanted to be around and I wanted to kind of brainwash my subconscious into just seeing subliminal examples of all these people doing this. So like, I remember I used to, when I first started, I used to, because I used to be like entrepreneur employee who turned entrepreneur. So that was the first identity shift I actually had to make, which was, I'm not an employee, I'm an entrepreneur. And so I used to have these like, these Steve Jobs quotes in my bathroom. I used to have like affirmations that talked about what kind of an entrepreneur I wanted to be and what described the traits of an entrepreneur. And so like entrepreneurs are not afraid of failure. Entrepreneurs are committed. Entrepreneurs have a strong why. Entrepreneurs, you know, I just had this like, these affirmations where I just read every morning and I was like, oh, that's an entrepreneur. I can be that now. Even if I don't have all the things that a quote unquote successful entrepreneur has, I can be committed. I can be decisive. Right? I can be confident. I can move in a way that's like, I can act like an entrepreneur. I can think like an entrepreneur. I can be an entrepreneur without having the things an entrepreneur has. You do that long enough, eventually you'll act in a way that actualizes the things that an entrepreneur has. It's just like, like it's weird how that works, right? The world catches up to you. Like the world <laughs> will always catch up to you. Because like attracts like, like your reticular activating system, your RAS. I mean, if you bought a red car and you're, and and all of a sudden you go out there, you're going to see tons of red cars. It's the same thing. Like when you change what you're looking at, when you change what you're looking for, when you change what you're craving, you naturally start to notice all of the things that already exist in your world. And then you just start acting in a way that connects all those dots. And then that creates the abundance and the, and the momentum train. You just start collecting things onto the train and then the train just keeps moving and that's it. And then, but that takes time. Like most people don't tough it out long enough to internalize that momentum train, which is why the first part is that subconscious, like really kind of brainwashing and really doing that. The second part is anytime you get into momentum, build an environment that feeds the momentum, Mm. right? Like accountability structures, use your calendar, make promises, throw out junk food, like Whatever those little changes you can do in your environment to strengthen the practices you're already doing of building your mindset, like it has to be both. Because if you do one without the other, you're just putting a Band-Aid on a broken arm that eventually will have to go to a more severe solution. But in that space, you don't have the mindset built to believe in long-term solutions. So you end up giving up, you end up giving up. And then most people fall short and then they blame the system or they blame, they go into the victim mindset. And then then it's hard to get out of that. It's really, really, really hard to get out of that victim mindset, especially when you believe you did everything you had to do to be successful and you didn't get it. I like that. Thank you. Anyways, went on a great. tangent. Apologies. <laughs> no, that was awesome, man. I'm listening. I was, it was, it was beautiful. 
Can you hear my kid screaming in the background, by the way? Yeah, I can. Sorry. <laughs> no worries, dude. No worries. <laughs> I texted a lot because my this is if you can see behind me. Like I put yeah. that up as like a sound barrier in my office, dude, and then I have like about it, man. a one year old and a four year old. I've had I've had plenty of uh it makes for better episodes to be honest, I think. What, so, like especially when they're not just going blah, they're like Rah! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even worry about it, man. Uh, there, that. I, it's funny. So talking about mindset and beliefs in that, like with that situation in the mornings or whatever, actually, my kids are screaming, right? You don't have kids yet, right? No, not yet. Yeah. So I'll, I have these journal entries that I do every morning, very similar to yourself that just talks about gratitude. Sometimes I'll do them in the middle of the day too, just to readjust. And if my kid's screaming or something, I'll write, you know, I'm grateful that my son is healthy enough to be able to have a voice where he can scream and project it, right? Instead of, ah, I'm, I want to just strangle my kid right now. He's being so annoying. He's so loud, you know? So I try to shift my perspective and my mindset and believe in, in that situation. And that's kind of exactly similar to what you're saying, right? I mean, mindfulness is a, like, to me, that's active meditation, right? Like, to me, meditation is nothing but something that takes you from your head and back into your heart or your body or your present moment. That doesn't have to be done sitting quietly on a mountain or, you know, putting yourself in a perfect space. Actually, to me, practicing mindfulness inside of chaos is the true sort of spiritual journey we're all on. When everything is hitting the fan, when things are going out of control, when my routines are out the door, how can I come back to remembering that power that I've always had inside of me, that, yeah. that, that safe space, that calmness, right? The, the haven from the chaos, if you would, to remember the power and, and the sense of self and being. And I think that is the ultimate spiritual journey. If you really think about like thinking about being mindful is, is about coming back to something that that infinite source of of knowing in your heart in your in in your body and and not letting your mind project you know thoughts of the future or thoughts of the past and because that's really where all fear lives to me fear yeah. is a constant sort of in the future about things that haven't happened yet or in the past and like uh, just projecting all of past beliefs into future moments so if you can uh, create a moment where even when your kids, like, let's say your kids get older and you're working on some stuff and they run into the room and, you know, that's a beautiful moment and opportunity to just, just take a deep breath and just get back to what's really important in your life, which is, you know, you're probably working for your kids anyways, right? Like that's what you're really building all this for. So hundred percent. That's what makes my heart sing. <laughs> that's the thing. It brings you back. Like when you, you, know? you really come back to the body and you come back to that like kind of space of just like there's always clarity when you're not in your mind. Yeah. Like it's really easy to make decisions. It goes back to what I was talking about intuition and kind of getting right. better at that. But it is that practice of just kind of coming back to your heart and trusting yeah. whatever you find there. And those, those pauses, I love that you brought that up because those pauses, those subtle little three times throughout the day or during certain moments are so beneficial and helpful yeah. to our body and mind and, and our stress level right oh, throughout yeah. the day. because. You talked about the kid running in. That's where the, and we've seen it on movies so many times, right? Where the father turns around, Jesus, I'm working over here. Leave me alone. What the heck's the matter with you? Da, 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 da. Instead of if you take that breath, you realize, okay, I don't need to react that way right now. How about a quick hug? 
And how about a, Hey honey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just doing a little something right now. I would love to play with you in a little bit. Something just that, that, that type of response instead. That's something I try to practice all the time. I'm so glad you brought that up for people to hear. And that's can be done in all different situations, whether you have kids or, or not um, at work, whether you have a full-time job, anything that can be done. And I, I love that you brought that up. So thank you. So um, is back. this the kind of stuff that you talk about? Because I know you have three keynotes. And one of your keynotes is, well, first off, so everybody knows the keynotes that Raj specializes in is a side hustle into an impactful seven-figure movement. Growing your business exponentially through impact-driven commerce and the art of experiencing an extraordinary life. And I think, Raj, if I'm not mistaken, we've talked about the latter of those three for the most part so far, right? How you experience of an extraordinary life, how you get that. Yeah. I mean, Uh, I think the, for me, that's the stay grounded talk in a way, Yeah, right? Coming back to reminding yourself of the infinite wisdom you've always had and trusting that and building practices in your life that align with you just, you know, man, everybody knows, everybody knows what's right for them. Everybody knows, like we've just been put in societies from school, from a very young age. We've just been put in societies from very young age being like, Oh, I want to do this. No, do this. Oh, I want to be this. No, do this. Like we've been trained to not trust ourselves. Like the system is built for that. And I think as we get older, the real journey in life just comes from unlayering all of that BS, all the crap that we've just accumulated from our parents, from our societies, from our teachers, from our friends, from their insecurities, from systems that were built back in the 60s. And like, it's literally coming into this and then just unlayering it all and coming back to what's truly true for you, which is who you are in every moment. You have absolute control over who you want to be in every moment. You can choose to be the best version of yourself, right? And that usually comes back down to just dropping into your heart and reminding yourself what that feels like. Like, what does it feel like to be my best? Maybe it is being really loving when your when your daughter comes into your room and yeah. asks for time. Like, maybe that is you being your best. Maybe it is you doing scary stuff, like getting on stages and and starting businesses and doing stuff that's massively terrifying. Like maybe that is you being your best, but I think that is that that's, that's the journey. And I think if you constantly live with that in your mind and that in your heart, and you align those two, you're going to live an extraordinary life, no matter what the hell you do. doesn't matter if you start a business, doesn't matter if you're a career oriented person. That's just, you know, that's it doesn't matter if you're into health and fitness, doesn't matter if you're an artist, as long as you're aligning your heart and your brain, I don't think you can go wrong. You'll live your life for you. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things you could ask for, that you just lived a life that was as true as possible to the one you always knew was there for you. Always knew was there. And I think there's a key there is to finding your truest self. Because for me, I was the, you know, my wife even told me this, I think it was three or four years ago. She goes, you know, you're the like, you're like the, the asshole of the group, right? You know that. <laughs> like, like you're the ball buster. You know, you're the, you know, not, not much of a filter person of your friend's group. Like, you, that's who we, I'm like, well, I guess that's me. I guess, you know, I guess that's the way that I am. And, you know, as the months and years went by and I had kids and got older and I went through some Tony Robbins stuff and I'm like, dang, that's not who I want to be. And I don't think yeah. that's really who I am. But I thought all along, 
that that was just, that's just me. That's the way I am. That's the way I'm going to operate. And I think a lot of people probably also feel that way and need, and, and need that awakening moment or need to realize that it doesn't have to, you don't have to be that person. There's probably something else inside of you that you're missing that you need to look for that you need to find. In your experience, how, how do we find that? How is there um, an awakening moment or, or, or over time? How do we figure out who we really are? These are great questions, man. One thing I've realized, you have your true self and then you have a borrowed self. A borrowed self is like, we saw our parents act a certain way. Therefore, those are traits that we want to embody because we believed our parents to be the greatest people of all time and flawless and had all their stuff figured out, even though they absolutely did not. Like we have these things, right? Like we have borrowed traits that we've taken along the way and then sort of created this persona or this identity that makes our mind feel like it's safe to be in public with right? Like I saw this growing up. This is how everybody is. These are traits that make people popular or loved or, or accepted. And so I'm going to create a persona that's me there so that I can be accepted. Then there's this, this true self that is always to me rooted in a state of love and kindness, right? I think all, I, this is a true belief for me. I love that there. you said that. Everybody is, I think everybody's got the best intentions. And if they knew better, they would do better, right? Most people just don't know better. They don't know that they don't know the separation between who they are here and, and what's coming up for them. Like they just don't know. And so like that, that sense, like that true self to me is uncovered by you switching the lens to focusing on things that resonate with you, right? Like when you say the word resonate, that literally comes from the word resonance, which is a form of frequency. Oh, right. So love is one of the highest frequencies on the planet. Like when you feel a state of love, you are legitimately just brightening up. When somebody walks in, somebody walks in with a massive amount of love or compassion or joy, it usually makes the entire room more loving, compassionate, and joyful, right? Like you can tell there's just some people that just walk into a room and they're just like, it's just so great, right? Yeah. Um, That's because that is the highest frequency. So right. To me, like when you find things that resonate with you, that make you feel that, that to me is an opportunity for you to listen. Ah. That's an opportunity for you to say, oh man, why is this person resonating with me? Right? Like if you went and saw a speech or you watched a video online, you saw this guy just talking into the screen and for some reason you're like, man, this guy's really hitting a tune with me. Or you read a book and you're reading a chapter and you're like, damn, this guy's story or like what he said and how he said it just resonates with me. That's an opportunity for you to go and learn more about them, right? Like, what do you love about them? What are qualities that are so like that, that you admire about them? Because likely what that means is those are things you see in yourself too, right? Mm -hmm. Those are qualities that you admire and you see maybe in a future version of yourself, an aspirational version, right? And like that gives you clues. And then over time, when you start to pay attention to those things that resonate, you start to just build that sort of identity that isn't really based on anything other than something that you feel. And that's, and that's the truth. Like when you feel something, that's interesting. That's that resonance. And I yeah. think that's the practice. Like we've all felt it, man. Like, I mean, I've got idols. Like I remember my, one of my first idols was before I even became successful was Kobe Bryant. And I went down and why, and I was like, God, this guy's so just relentless. Like he doesn't stop. Mm. He just wants to be the best. And then I went back and I looked at myself and then I looked at my entire life and I was like, wow. So there were things I did in my life that were rooted in a core essence of mine. But then I also found other things 
right? Like, cause the same way you can see the things you admire in other people, you can also find the things you don't, right? Like you can find okay. patterns and things, but if they don't resonate, you can choose to let them go. Mm. Right? Like just because you adopted something from your parents doesn't mean they have to be something that you carry with you for the rest of your life. Yeah. This is beautiful. Right. And everybody listening right now, this is this is free podcast. I mean, Raj is he's he's giving you some goods here. I've had a lot of moments where I just want to stop and say something, but I'm I'm not stop him, but like write things down, which I'm gonna re-listen to this whole thing. But one thing you said that I've never heard before are borrowed traits. I think you used the word traits, but borrowed was that important word. And I've never heard anybody put it that way. It made me instantly click like for years of my life, being a follower and trying to do what was cool and what I thought like I needed to do as a man and prove myself and all this stuff, uh, borrowed stuff that I thought was just borrowed crap that I did to myself that I thought I needed to do until I broke that open and realized what actually made me feel good, right? Feel loved. And I love that the highest frequency. Uh, and you can, you know that like when you, I love that you said that because when you're in a room with a group of people, you know, I mean, you know who is the most loving, and the most kind, truest, truly loving and kind person because you can feel it. You can feel their energy. You can see it in them and they're, and everybody, you know, that they want that. They want to be around that person. They can feel it in the room. And that's a, I'm so, so cool that you said that. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned, you know, the idea of being a man. That's a borrowed, like the idea of what a man is in society is a borrowed sort of avatar, right? Like yeah. Powerful, hungry, wealthy. But on the other side of that, also, like if I think about like traditional parents and most men in previous societies, it was like, you know, give up being a good family man in the pursuit of wealth and power, give up a sense of self and who you are and identity and purpose in pursuit for social acceptance. You know, don't show your emotions. You know, there's so many traits that we've adopted uh, that, that the traditional man has been sort of built around. Uh-huh. That has been based in years of, again, societal conditioning. Like when you go back to the Spartans, what was a man? A man was this, right? Yeah. And so like, like, I think that there's just a lot of archetypal sort of creations of, of men. Uh, in, and same thing for women, right? Like now there's like, we're, we're doing this really amazing dance right now where like men are starting to adopt the really amazing, powerful feminine energy. And like all people are born with both. When I say energy and feminine and masculine energy, I'm just going to say a quick thing for anybody who doesn't understand what I'm saying. Like, I think everybody is born with both like yin and a yang. I think the yin is like the feminine energy, which is like the flow of water and it's just like creation. And But then you have yang, which I think it's yin and yang. Don't quote me on that. But it's one of the two. Yeah. Yang on the opposite is like structure, discipline, like keeping the boundaries. It's like a river flowing, right? So to me we're finally getting to this point where women are starting to acknowledge the masculine energy in them, which is like structure, goals, creation, career. Yeah. And then men are starting to find that opposite, which is like more vulnerability and expression and, you know, being like really kind of crying in public, having that softer side. And it's come to a really beautiful place. I think that's, that's the beauty of information. Right? The more we know about different kinds of people on this planet, the more our own identities and ideas around what's possible for ourselves become clear because now we can start to find what truly resonates as opposed to just adopting the only male figure in our lives, the only female figures in our lives, which are usually our parents, to set the standard for what's real. Right. Right. Like we don't need that anymore. Like I can go online, listen to this podcast. Somebody might have been listening to this, heard about me, like who the hell is Raj? 
all of a sudden they can go learn about me and find out all the qualities that I've been doing yeah. and find resonance with me. Someone can do the same with you, right? Like it's just, that's where we live now. And it's, it's amazing. It's phenomenal. And it's fully, fully, fully ours for the taking. And yeah. And that's, I mean, without it, I wouldn't be on this journey. And I, I don't know if, I mean, personally, I don't know if that's your case, but without social media and without the internet and stuff, I wouldn't have known about getting into a new um, transformation, I guess. Um, and I don't know if you're that same way, but and now you mentioned mentor earlier. I wanted to ask, I wanted to ask this earlier. Do you have like, um, have you paid for, I, and I asked this question selfishly, uh, have you paid for mentors and have you paid for uh, coaches in your, in your life? My biggest line item on my balance sheet is education. So I budget about a hundred grand a year for masterminds, coaches, retreats, uh, experiences, and yeah. things that force me to sort of dig deep and really turn myself into the most, the best version of myself. I really, it's like my North star. So yes, I invest a lot, constantly listening to podcasts. Uh, I, I think this comes back to resonance. Like it depends on what you want to learn, right? Like in the beginning, I was really invested in learning business. Like that was my big kind of thing. Like I wanted to learn marketing, actually. Marketing was my thing I wanted to learn because I wasn't a, I wasn't a marketer. I was an engineer by background. So, you know, sure. I paid for, I bought every single course on marketing. I paid for every single book on marketing. I went to marketing conferences until I, when I got a good hang of that, then I, you know, realized that, you know, I actually didn't know anything about myself. So then I invested in self-awareness. Mm. So practices, people that helped me become more aware of my fears, right? Like people that helped me become more aware of uh, my relationships with money and my relationships in general. Like, What was your relationship with money? So very fear-based. I I adopted a lot of beliefs from my parents around having money in the bank. And if I didn't have money in the bank, then I was not wealthy. Now I realize that's just complete shit because some of the wealthiest people I know have money in assets that are cash flowing and they're just taking that cash and reinvesting it because they don't want to pay taxes. And so like, I'm now I'm realizing this, like you not having money in the bank does not mean you don't, you're not wealthy. It just means you're smart or you're using, or you're deploying your capital wisely. You're not letting large piles of money just build interest at, you know, a couple of percentage points. You're doing more with it. And I didn't realize that. I remember when I first started the company, like I was in a massively cash heavy industry, you know, physical products, and we had to make very large purchase orders. And I'd see a lot of money going in and out of my bank account. And that made me feel really insecure. Sometimes we would make investments in January that would only pay off in December. And so I'd see all this cash going out, not see it come back in until 11 months later, even though it was highly profitable, it scared the hell out of me because I was an employee and I was used to seeing a steady paycheck come into my bank account every two weeks. Hmm. So I think I started paying attention to the... I didn't want to be in pain. I think that was really, for me, like I I realized I had a lot of fears and insecurities in my life and I realized a lot of them. um, I didn't realize, and one of the biggest, I think, aha moments for me early on in the journey was becoming aware that these fears and insecurities that you feel around anything, like if you feel insecure about being in a public room because everyone else is smarter than you, that's not yours. That's a borrowed belief. That's something you borrowed or learned from someone else that was close to you in your life or something you saw on TV or something you picked up. And you thought that's how we need to operate in this world in order to thrive. I am here to tell you, if you are listening to this podcast and you are this far in, that means something we're saying is resonating to you. If you are this far into this podcast already, I am here to tell you that just because 
it's something that you were quote unquote born with, or it's something that you have had, or you remember having for your entire life. It is not yours if you don't want it to be. Like you get to choose what kind of person you want to be. The how, I think the how is what stops people from really sort of believing that. Like, but even more than that, I think most people don't actually want to change because if they become aware that they can change, now they're responsible for changing. Now they're responsible for changing. And that to me is a big, most people would rather stay stuck in the matrix than take, and take the pill because it's easier to be stuck in the matrix and be naive about your insecurities and your problems and to believe that you were just born this way. But the truth is you weren't born this way. You were born actually pretty damn brilliant. You were born to shine as shi- and then you just learned all this stuff. And if you don't want that, you can start asking yourself questions around, you know, you can take responsibility. The first step is just taking ownership that, wow, these beliefs created all this pain and suffering in my life. I want something different. So I'm going to learn from someone new, or I'm going to find somebody who has got exactly what I want. And I'm going to go do that instead. And I'm going to stop taking advice from my parents or my friends or my societies or my uncles or my aunts, or my tennis coach or whatever. I'm going to stop taking advice from people that were just born in my life. And I'm going to start looking for people that seem to have it all, that seem to have more than I do. And I'm going to pay them or I'm going to pay attention to them, or I'm going to consume their content. I'm going to read their books so that I can potentially create a life that's different from what I've always had in the first place. Beautiful. Thank you, Raj. (laughs) That was good. Also, one thing to add to that, reach out to that person, because all they can do is either ignore you or say no or actually respond. So if there's somebody that you're consuming their content, you have a question, reach out. I mean, Raj, I'm, I'm assuming that you love when people ask you questions, right? Oh, I love it, man. Yeah. yeah. Just reach out to me on anything. I'm on yeah. social. I'm most active on Instagram. You can send me an email. You can contact me on my site. I mean, yeah, I love questions. I love hearing from people. I mean, really, it's, it's a, what's, it's a joy. What's, you, you have a lot of, you have a lot of stuff. You have your businesses. You have your Stay Grounded podcast, which I didn't get to ask you too much about. Um, unfortunately, yeah. public speaking. What's your, out of curiosity, what's your main source of, First, let me ask, it's just interesting. I've never even asked this. What's your main source of income out of all those things you have going on right now? My businesses. So your businesses. I'm first and foremost, a CEO. So I'm a fractional CEO. That's the best way I can put it. So like I own multiple companies. So I have stake in multiple companies. Okay. And I have a team of about, about 30 to 40 people nice. that I just, you know, so I manage across multiple entities. The media side, which is Stay Grounded, is our way of building a lifestyle around this beautiful message that I personally prescribe to and the philosophy that I personally prescribe to in life, which is really taking ownership to create the most extraordinary, beautiful life you want and having the courage to have the conversation, face the fears and build the relationships to do so. And so the media company creates content. So I told you, Stay Grounded started as a tagline for my coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't the other way around. Cool. So the company, we create content around staying grounded, right? Like we push all of our podcasts out to our audiences, so uh, create films around what it means to stay grounded and beyond. Sweet. Um, and so we do that across multiple entities and I invest in companies as well. And then the media side, like I said, stay grounded now. You know, it's, it's a community. We're building courses and, and, and further education for individuals that want to sort of have a more hands-on guided approach to building better, more self-awareness, finding these beliefs, changing your own relationship with yourself and going through that. So that's, that's where, that's, that's kind of how everything is split up to me. Yeah. Stay grounded is kind of just the way that people find out. 
about me and what we do. Yeah. Um, and how do you manage your time with all that? I'm very good at delegating. A couple of tricks or tips that you, so delegating yeah, is a big yeah. one. So the best uh, belief change, or the best trick that I was ever told was, you know, if you got an A on a test, would you be happy? Sure. Would you care if it was a 90 or a 100? No. I mean, I'm just looking back at my tests. I didn't care as long as I got an A. So a 90 is still an A. Why the hell is everybody shooting for a 100 at everything? Right? So if you right. start to take that belief, as long as someone can do 90% of what you can do, it's still an A. Get out of the uh, way. Yeah. You don't need to hang on. I think the biggest thing that stops people from delegating like rapidly is the belief that it's, it's, it's the superhero syndrome, really. like We want to be everything in our business. And it's all because of beliefs that we've carried along the way that our self-worth is based on how much we do. The harder we work, the more worthy we are. The more we're needed, the more worthy we are. And if we're not needed in our business, are we really worthy? So we create these traps that keep us stuck inside of our businesses instead of just delegating as fast as possible so you can start new businesses, right? Like we, yeah, interesting. So like to me, delegating has been big. I have a weekly process with my assistant where you know, I'll take note of every single thing I do every single day from answering emails to being on a podcast like this to yeah. taking out the trash to buying groceries, whatever, right? And then at the end of the week, uh, we'll have a, I'll divide it into four categories, which is incompetent, competent, excellent, and unique. And you start to do that over time. You start realizing how much time you spend doing shit that you're not good at, which is incompetent. And then stuff that anybody else can do, which is competent. And so I start outsourcing that stuff, right? So whether it's hiring task rabbits to come and do uh, grocery shopping or cutting up vegetables or taking out the trash. Like I, we have a video shoot tomorrow for my coffee company and we just hired somebody to go out there and, you know, I think it's like 30 bucks an hour to go and buy a bunch of costumes and props and stuff. And so I don't have to do it. I'm on the podcast with you instead. And so I think it comes back down to really sort of equating that value, right? Because incompetent and competent tasks usually cost you more to do by yourself than it does to hire other people. And the stuff that you are excellent at or unique at, no one else can do. So like most entrepreneurs starting businesses are either really good at creating products or selling them and or creating content or selling it or distributing it, right? So if you stay in your zone of genius and then you hire people to do all the other stuff at a fraction of the cost, you just build this massive amount of leverage mm. where you're doing stuff that you can do faster than anyone else can do, which means you're doing more of it, which means it makes you more money faster. And then that feeds the ability for you to build on more team and delegate more. And then eventually you start to even delegate the stuff that you're excellent at by hiring CEOs and COOs and managers and VPs. And then you just work yourself out of a job. But ultimately, you've got the coolest job in the world, which is doing exactly what you were born to do with people you want to do it with. And at a scale that really creates an impact and leaves a legacy that you'd be proud of later on. Yeah. And this doesn't happen overnight, guys. This is like a no, process. No, this is, so this is four this years. Is a, I've, guys, yeah. I've, this is, when I first started... <laughs> The first way I started was, you know, I hired a VA from the Philippines to just answer our emails, to collect data, you know, five to $10 an hour tasks. Yeah. Like you start there, but you get into the habit of delegating, right? Just get into the habit of getting at least one thing off your plate. If you want to get ambitious, you know, start with one thing a day, just one. It doesn't have to be a big thing. Just pay attention to your life. Like where are you spending your time? 
And then go look at like, let's say it is groceries. Let's say you're spending two hours a day getting groceries or whatever, right? Or two hours a week getting groceries. Like think about all that time. Maybe it's meal prep. Maybe it's chopping stuff. Like just see where you're spending your time and then equate it and go ask like, how much would it cost for me to get all this stuff taken care of? Right. And then look at your budget and see, all right, can I actually afford that? But most people are afraid to even ask themselves the questions. Can I afford that? Because they don't even realize they're doing it. So I think the first step really to become more productive is to get very aware of where you're spending your time. Yeah. It's to take inventory, whatever you. Yeah. Competent, incompetent, unique, and. Excellent. So it's excellent. Incompetent, competent, incompetent stuff that you suck at. So like okay. for me, I suck at graphic design. Like it would actually be a pain and an awful product for me to go and learn Photoshop or yeah. Adobe because I don't even care about it. So you so didn't I, make that behind you. You had somebody else make that. Absolutely not. This is my designer. <laughs> this is my designer. I, I am as vanilla as it gets, man. Like I got like 50 V-necks with nothing on them. Like, I, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty black and white, dude. So like this back here was created, but I am a very good writer. Cool. Right. So like my creative expression comes from like writing. I'll write massive amounts of stuff. Right. So, but it doesn't come from design. So that's an incompetent, a competent one might be, I don't know, scheduling people for my podcast. Right. Like that might be something that I can do, but I can also either find a tool that can do it for me, or I can find my assistant to do it for me. If I give her the scripts, what to say, how to say it, a process, if I create a process around it, someone else can do it. Excellent. Can you send me Mike. that process after this, please? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's actually now automated to the point where like, I just send people a link. Let's say I meet somebody amazing and I really want them on the show. I'll send them a link. Yeah. They put the time they want from there. That sends them an automated form to get their bio, their video assets, the things they want to talk about, what's important to them, all the information I need. And then it sends an automated follow-up with like tech stuff. And you know, it's just, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's automated. But that's the thing. Like when you pay attention, yeah. Right. You start to see like, wow, I just spent an hour scheduling the show. Why the hell am I doing that? Yeah. What if I spent an hour figuring out how to not spend hours? Right. That yeah. to me is leverage time. And that's so, a very good use of your time. It's awesome. That's awesome. Right. So it's just about asking better questions, man. Becoming aware and asking questions mm-hmm. and becoming aware of what's possible by following individuals like myself or Tim Ferriss or anybody out there who's really big in the productivity. Like Tim Ferriss changed my life. He, his book, The 4-Hour Workweek, legitimately changed my life. And so yeah. you know, like, Crazy I book. just think it's, it's, yeah. it's just finding those, those knowledge pieces. Too. Right. Well, okay, I'm, I'm going to definitely re-listen to this, by the way. Uh, this was good. This was a lot of good stuff. And uh, hopefully everybody listening is taking notes or go ahead and go back and check the show notes. But the last thing I want to wrap this up with, Raj, is a question that I tend to ask most of my guests. And it's a Pretty uh, question you've heard of before, but I don't know if you've ever actually sat down with yourself and thought about it. So I want to put you on the spot here. What would you do if you could go back in time, tell your 18-year-old self something? And you don't, for you, it's not that far back, but, <laughs> and you might not. So what would you, what was something that you might've told them that, uh, that you, if you could go back in time? You're exactly where you need to be. Everything is here to teach you a lesson and uh, keep an open mind. Because the things you thought you wanted so much may not actually get you what you really want. Just keep an open mind. I love that. The things that you actually think you want might not actually be what you want really to want in life. I like that. 
I like everything you just said. Love it, man. Raj, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for spitting your wisdom. Thanks for sharing it with uh, the Mindful Impact crowd. I wish you a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you, my friend. Cheers. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.